Hey, Unchurched Podcast fans, this is Michael. This week we've got something a little bit different for you. It's a conversation that I had with my wife that was so good we just had to record it. So we're talking about personal responsibility and what it means for Christians to look out for other Christians and to not be an air quote stumbling block uh, with your actions, the things that you do in front of other Christians. Frankly, it was very, very good because it was a conversation that she had with her mom and uh, it was a good conversation that she had. And Jenna had some great points that I thought would be valuable for this podcast. So we turned on the microphones and then we just let it rip. So it's not going to be the typical uh, longer conversation, but it's a short one and should be a very good one. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you think. All right. We'll just call this segment Conversations with a Wife. We don't get too satisfyingly deep and there's no secrets that flow, but it's still a good time. Give us a shout. We'd love to hear from you. As always, uh, we love you and we appreciate you listening. And uh, Sean and I will be back together on the next episode. See you then. Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. talk to me so me and my mom went shopping yesterday yeah. and um on the way there I was kind of talking to her about some of the stuff just kind of how like our life is right now like where we're at and I wasn't saying anything deep or anything but like I was just saying like you know I feel like our I hate to say it but sphere of influence is just not I don't even want to say that that sounds lame sphere but, of influence yeah like our like the people that we hang out with are, I feel just more, I mean, they're probably more on the unsafe side, which I'm fine with that. Um, but just their different experiences, you know, compared to, I think, more of a churchy feel experience. You know, kids that grew up in church or have been involved with some aspect of the church. And um, just how their lives are just not like, different that makes them you know abnormal but just on thing something different than what we and I have to go deep and explain like this because my mom is very uh, you know it's nothing against her but she's surrounded she's surrounded by Christians at all times all times for the most part yeah. you know and I'd say maybe five percent you know sure. somebody's unsafe but to really have a relationship with someone a deep uh, relationship with someone that's unsaved or and it's for most Christians right so they had to, I don't, I don't feel like sometimes, and I don't want to judge anybody, but when I've been there, you know, you and I both have been there, you know, when you are in church and you're serving in ministry and, you know, you don't surround yourself with unsaved. It's just, it just happens and it just happens like that. Like it just does that, you know, by it's naturally like natural selection or something. Sure. Um, and 
so it's just kind of talking about, you know, the new friends that we've made and they're wonderful people and, um, you know, they're loving, they're kind, you know, they have good hearts, um, they're caring. And um, just talking to her kind of like a little bit about that and um, we kind of brought up, you know, I, I mentioned to her in passing, it wasn't like the greater point, but it was a point to get to my de final destination. Well, actually it wasn't because we derailed the, the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, but it was more along the lines of we're just, you know, I think you and I are so past that archaic mindset of, you, you know, oh, you know, my drinking, you know, to that whole idea of being, what is it, in the world and not of the world, you know, and how growing up, I, you know, in that charismatic era it was, oh, you have to, you know, burn your secular CDs and, you know, because, you know, you have to be completely devoted and we surround ourselves in that, like, Christian cult, you know, where all you listen to is, like, I had to throw out, like, my Amy Grant CD when she made a secular CD, you know, and um, so that whole idea, like, I, you know, I was kind of saying, like, I'm so over that at this point, like, you know, I mean, I'm so over that to the point where, like, we're okay. We, you know, we don't get annihilated, but we like to drink. You know, that is, that is a, you know, it's a relaxing thing. It's fun. It's a social thing. And the people that we're at, where we hang out with constantly, the people that we connect with um, are okay with that. And to say that we were, like, in the world and of the world, I'm like, I'm just so past the fact that, like, people are still of, of, of the mindset where, you know, oh, I can't drink because I can't be in the world. I can't have to be in the world and not of the world. And I'm just like, dude, I'm so past that. And so explaining that to her and, you know, it was just kind of, we, we went into a kind of a little bit of a deeper conversation of, you know, well, you can't be a stumbling block. That whole idea of being a stumbling block for others. And I, I just got to the point where I, I'm so sick of hearing that as well, that I can't drink or I can't, you know, swear because I don't want to be a stumbling block for my brother or sister in Christ. And I just got to the point where I was like, where does personal responsibility for that person that's struggling ever come into play? You know, I think in my life, yeah, did I have a, and I said this to her, I said, yeah, did I have a problem with drinking? Absolutely. There was a lot of things in my childhood that I think later on had, had cause for PTSD, you know? And when you're young and you're, you know, you can be so easily influenced, you know, alcohol and partying was a part of my life at one point, you know, now not so much. Like I have a grandma bedtime. I like to a couple glasses of wine, you know, occasionally it's fun. Um, you know, it, but the greater point I think was the fact that people that are cake mindset of, you know, don't be in the world of it or whatever, however it's said. And the fact that like, it doesn't matter what, not it doesn't matter, but it's, I, I see less in great, less importance on what I do rather than is my heart right? You know, if somebody shares something with me, that's very personal, do I judge them? Um, you know, is God pleased when, you know, I, uh, you know, write people off because, you know, the things that they've done in their past or, you know, it, it just, I find less importance in, doing the things rather than being Christ. And I think when we surround ourselves with, you know, um, people that are unsaved, and I hate to say that because it's a literal, you know, like separation, you know, but people that don't follow Christ, you know, 
is it about will they really see us by when that when we talk about seeing people by our actions is it oh well they drink so they must not be christians i think we're just so over that old adage at this point um in 2019 i think there's so much a greater thing of what does your heart look like like are you actually really showing the love of christ you know to other people are you listening to them are you praying for them are you saying, hey, I'll follow up with you because we're in relationship and we have open conversations? Are you leading them? You know, all the experience that we have in, um, you know, inner healing and in ministry, you know, are, are we showing that or are we just talking about it? You know, and so it was just interesting because, again, we went kind of all over the place. But that whole idea of personal responsibility for the person that's, you know, continually stumbling. And it just was like, you know. I'm sorry. That's where mom, we have to agree to disagree because it's just a, for me at this point, you have to, I took personal responsibility for my actions in my life. I knew I had a problem with alcohol. Yeah. Now I don't feel like I have a problem with it. And I feel that, that me and God, I, that's something that, you know, has been worked on. And especially as I've gotten healing for all the things that happened to me in my life, you know, nothing was detrimental, but it was, it was life changing, you know? And I feel that I, as I've gotten healing and I have an okay relationship with alcohol now, you know, yeah, I can drink. I do love wine. I do love it. Who doesn't? Um, but am I drinking every night? Can I not wake up for work in the morning? Um, no. Can I say nights? You know what? I'm totally okay. I don't, I don't need anything. You know, I don't need a glass of wine, you know? Um, it's just, I don't know. It's so different. So there's a, if I have to take personal responsibility for my relationship with something like alcohol, then why doesn't that other person have to take personal responsibility? Why am I seen as a stumbling block and something that, oh, well, if they see me doing this, then they might stumble and fall. And it's like, yeah, but where is their personal responsibility involved in that? Where is the fact that you have a responsibility for your choice and your actions in that? Where is that? We don't teach that, I feel like, in church. We teach don't become a stumbling block, don't become a stumbling block. But when is another person held accountable for what they have done with themselves? I'm not talking about even accountability to leadership. That's fantastic. But when are you accountable to yourself of, you know what, I slipped up and I can't blame my actions on somebody else that I saw at dinner with a glass of wine? You know, and so I was just like, yeah, I just, again, that's just religious bullshit that I just can't believe anymore. <laughs> like, it doesn't yeah. even make sense to somebody to me anymore, you know? It never it never really kind of made sense, but I could see it because it was in the Bible, you know? But it doesn't make sense to me anymore because I have chosen to take responsibility and to manage and to um, evaluate my relationship with things. Why is that not somebody else's responsibility as well? Sure. So that's what kind of we were talking about and we were talking about, you know, and then she brought up, you know, being leadership and you know, how she has to be accountable as a leader. And I'm like, yeah, but still, <laughs> you know. Um, and I said, you know, Mom, I said, I guess that's where it's just totally different for us. I think it's a cultural thing, you know. Um, it is. You know, but, you so. know more than that, uh, it's, it's really, uh, in my opinion, a false sense of, responsibility it's a false burden that that people take on um, completely out of their own pride and ego that says that they are responsible for someone else's 
rising or falling, and I think is a very dangerous place uh, that we that we uh, allow ourselves to be in when you, when you when you act this way. Um, the fact is, it's like you're not everyone's mother. Yeah. And so, therefore, yeah. you cannot you, you you can't protect a grown adult from making a mistake. You know, it's it's a part of life. It's what happens. People make mistakes. Some people enjoy that mistake to where they keep making it deliberately. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever the case may be, it's got nothing to do with you because their heaven or hell doesn't depend on you. It depends yeah. on them. Yeah. Depends on their faith, where they are, uh, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, whatever the case may be. It is not our responsibility as Christians to make sure that you don't stumble. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, we we have to work out in Philippians too. Paul says that we have to work out our own salvation. Yeah, that's interesting. With fear and trembling, recognizing that it's God who works in us both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Right? What does that mean? That means that we all have a personal responsibility to for our own salvation, and we have our responsibility to. Stay connected to God to allow Him to put in us the will, and then we can do for His good pleasure. But we have to be connected to Him to receive that willingness. See, and that's not taught. No, it's not taught. We are uh, just. It used to be taught when I was teaching. (laughs) But that is the that's the strong Christianity that people, especially in that, I hate to say that. But in that type of church, yeah. don't teach. We're teaching yeah. different things. <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah, I don't sure. want to say weak Christianity, but but Paul would. So Paul this, would Paul would be preaching strong Christianity about personal responsibility. Well, well the, and I, I yeah. just you know it was said to me. I said, "Oh, that's what." Well, what do you think about what Paul said? And I'm like, "Dude, Paul was the man. Paul sure. had a like, oh my God." We talk about. The idea and concept of grace. I mean, Paul blew it out of the park. He nailed Jesus. Not like that, but he nailed the teachings of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, he got it. And I just don't understand, with him being so educated, how can he... He couldn't miss the idea of personal responsibility. He just couldn't. He Like, that's not... And I just... Again, so we just agreed to disagree because he's too smart of a man to miss the concept of personal responsibility and blame it on somebody else. And I think we just misuse that that scripture so much. And we teach weaker Christianity, you know. That's what and, it's taught. Yeah. <laughs> rather than strong, having a strong faith. And, you know, yeah. really this deep relationship with God where you hurt the heart of the Father. And not it's, oh, I'm sorry that I hurt, I hurt you, God. It's, dude, I broke your heart. And having a true understanding of that mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Because what... You might do something that I'm diff- you know, I'm okay with, mm-hmm. you know, or I might do something that you'd be like, oh man, that grieves my spirit, or whatever the hell you want to say, you know. It grieves my spirit. I know, but I had to throw it in because I haven't heard it so long. But you know what I'm saying? Yes. We're all at different places in our Christian walk, and I think though that, you know, I'm at a different, you know, I don't know, it's just so I don't know. It's kind of complicated to explain. And I hope I'm doing it. Well, a decent job, but yeah. again, it's that whole idea. Of like that weak faith person who are like, are you becoming want to become a strong Christian or just you know, the idea of oh I don't want to make God mad. It's again, what's that whole idea, right? 
-hmm. Is it a doing or is it a being concept? You know, and you always talk about that too. So. Yeah. So. Um. So the verse where it talks about not stumbling or not being a stumbling block or whatever the case may be. Um, uh, Romans, Romans chapter 14. Um, Paul talks about two types of Christians, one that's strong, one that's weak. Okay. The strong one is the one that's able to eat meat and drink wine and do whatever it is that he wants to do. Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's in an idol's temple or not, like a strong Christian can go into an idol's temple where food and drinks were sacrificed to the, to the animals or animals were sacrificed to these false gods. But then after they butcher it, they sell the meat to the public so they can eat. Okay. Because they'd be smart. Right. Because they're <laughs> smart. Paul says, uh, don't judge one another just because, don't judge me just because I'm willing to eat and drink, okay? The weaker person is the one that judges and says, well, they're sinning because they're eating and drinking. But then Paul takes the other angle as well, and he says, if you are eating and drinking and you realize that the weaker brother is there and is going to stumble, he didn't say that, you know, you're sinning. He says that you're just not walking in love because you're doing something that you know is going to offend your brother. <clears throat> so it's not walking in love when you do that. But he wasn't condoning it, condoning the actions, and he wasn't rebuking the stronger Christian for it either. But he's saying, just look, just show a little bit of compassion for this weak brother that doesn't understand that God isn't mad about meat and drink. You know what I'm saying? It, it was more of a, a, a talk of just be compassionate to the weaker person, which I think that you were doing with your mom. Mm -hmm. Like you were being compassionate, but you were also trying to make a point that, yeah, me drinking isn't a big deal. It's me having a drink. Now, maybe it offends you. Or it may offend, offend the sensibilities of weaker Christians. You didn't say that, but essentially that's what you're saying. A weaker Christian may be offended by, uh, by me having a drink. But my obligation is not to stop drinking. But my obligation is just to be compassionate towards you because you're too weak to understand that my drinking is okay. I know this is weird. No, it's not weird. But... So, so this is what the verse right, says. Just, and again, I, I could, like I said, I just, I really got on the idea of personal responsibility because it made sense to me yesterday. And I said to this to her, I said, mom, I said, if I give somebody a vehicle, okay, mm -hmm. and I bless them with it or whatever, and um, they take that car and they run a pedestrian over and they kill that pedestrian, okay? Right. What is the law going to say? I mean, honestly, is the law going to hold me accountable for that because I gave that person a vehicle or is it going to hold that person responsible for that crime? Right. And I said, I'm not going to be in trouble. Right. I said, because I'm not the one that ran somebody over. Sure. I gave that car over with good intentions that they could 
finally get it to their de finally get to their destination. Maybe they go to work. Um, you know, they go to get groceries for their kids and for their family and do things with their family, fun activities. I said, I'm give it to them so that they could, you know. It was just that whole idea, like, of, again, we all have to take responsibility for our own actions. And I was kind of maybe more set on that than the fact of, you know, thinking about the weaker Christian. Which, again, I have a question there, then. Mm -hmm. So I'm just supposed to identify weaker Christians. I walk around with a, like, a weak Christian, I hate to say, like, gaydar, but, like, <laughs> radar of, mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, you're a weak Christian. I, I found that one there. Oh, look, there's another one. Right. I, I just, again, I mean, yeah. I think, though, maybe we're talking about a different time where we were in such a community where everybody knew everybody, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. In the Bible times, sure. you knew, I guess, who was struggling with what. If I go to a restaurant right now and we cope, we have we buy a bottle of wine and we start drinking it, I don't know anybody that's sitting by me. Maybe they come up to me. Sure. And maybe, that, maybe they come up to me and they, say, and they see me drinking wine and guess what? I'm going to say, hi, how are you? You want to have a seat with us? <laughs> How do I identify weaker Christians at that point? You don't. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying Paul's wrong. I'm just saying maybe I have. Maybe there's something that I need to learn here. But I don't walk around identifying weak Christians because I don't look at people like that. Sure. It, 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 I think it's more of the fact that um, when there's judgment involved, because that's, that's the, the caveat in Romans 14. He's talking about judging one another. So the weaker Christian judging the stronger Christian for eating and drinking. Or the stronger Christian judging the, the weaker one. So it's of heart. It's, it's of the heart. Intent. It's the intent. Yeah. So. It's not about the action. No, it's not about but the again, action. No. <laughs> Post-Catholics. Post yeah. Catholics turned... Yeah. Uh, evangelicals. Oh, it's always more about action. No, it's it's yeah. this this chapter is all about judgment. But the example that's used is eating and drinking in an idol's temple. So this is what he says in fourteen and chapter fourteen, um, verse nineteen. I'll just start there. Is this? It says, "Follow after the things that make for peace." and things where you can edify each other or build each other up. And he says, for the sake of me, don't destroy the work of God. And then that verse, this next verse says, all things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. So he's saying, look, you want to go eat and drink in this temple, it's fine. It's a pure thing. You're just eating and drinking, okay? But to the weaker Christian who sees this as a sin, to them, it's a sin. Mm -hmm. Right. Right? Right. And then he says, it's, it is good neither to eat flesh or drink wine nor anything whereby your brother stumbles. Okay? If it causes your brother to stumble or is offended or is made weak. So fine. It's not good to do any of those things for the sake of that person who says that it's wrong. Mm -hmm. You know? So in other sense. words, you're not going to just like rudely flaunt it in front of them when you know right. that they have a problem right, so with it. Yeah. I, I'm not going to smoke in the house when you don't want me to smoke in the house. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's completely logical. But here's the last the last part of it um, that's key. He says, do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. In other words, you have your own personal responsibility. If you really do have faith in God, 
then it is your responsibilities to display that faith to God, not to one another. Because, again, I have no responsibility for your faith. You do. Yeah. So he literally says, if you have faith, have it before God. In other words, it's not for display between you and I. It's, it's, it's for display between me and God. And he says, happy is he who doesn't condemn himself in the thing in which he allows. Think about those words. There you go. <laughs> happy is he who doesn't condemn himself for the things that he allows. So you're a happier person. You're actually a happier Christian when you don't condemn yourself or judge yourself mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as a sinner for the things that you allow yourself to do. That's what Paul literally just said. So when I have a drink, but I've done that I'm my not, whole life. I know, but that, that's you know? that Christ, I, that Catholic guilt, right? But that, and that's the old school Catholic guilt. Old school Catholic but guilt. That's where I just that's. I mean, when you said that, that was me like growing up. That's because that's what, what you were taught. Of. It was yeah. what you were taught to yeah. do to judge yourself. Yeah, to condemn myself. To condemn and I yourself. had to read the Bible, you know, to clear. My, I felt like I, I was my, and maybe it's on me that I projected onto myself, you know. But, oh, i got to do this because then God will be happy with me because I messed up. And that whole sick mindset right. is not rooted in grace. No. And but yeah. And remember our journey we took? Well, you, you started, of course. The whole idea of grace and really having an under, understanding of God's grace. Yeah. When you come out of that, that garbage and that bondage, yeah. oh my God, it's so relieving. It is. <sighs> That's why it says happy is he. Yeah. Happy is he who doesn't Definitely. condemn himself for the things that he allows. Paul, <laughs> oh, I can't wait to meet you one day. Aren't those words powerful? Yes. But check it out. He even flips it because around it's been for the, years for me to get to that spot so he you know? flipped it around for the last verse this is the last one it says and he that doubts is damned if he eats because he doesn't eat of faith explain <laughs> for, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin okay he says he that doubts is damned if he eats so here's the first part Happy is the person who doesn't condemn himself for the things that he allows. But if that weaker Christian comes up and says, you know what, I'm going to have a drink too. I'm going to eat something too. But he's doubting, still a little bit uncomfortable about it, then that person is damned. Which is the, uh, that whole responsibility. It's personal responsibility. Yep. So to them, they're sinning because they're not eating and drinking confidently. Right. So... Because whatever doesn't have that confidence, that faith is sin. Damn, that's good. So it's not just, okay, hey, if you're going to do this, fine, do it. And be confident about it, that it's not going to ruin your salvation. Have faith in your eternal security, and you'll be happy. But if you try to do the same thing, and you're not confident in your eternal security, you're not confident that... God still still loves you after you eat and drink, then you're the one that's sinning, not me. Mm -hmm. Hence the reason why Paul says, this is the strong Christian, mm -hmm. this is the weak Christian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, to me, it's a, it's a question of strength. Where are you in your own personal walk with mm -hmm. God? 
you know, are you secure in your faith, knowing that that God loves you and that your sins are forgiven because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross? Yeah. His death, burial, and resurrection. Are you secure in that? Or are you insecure in your faith and you feel like every little thing that you do wrong is going to eliminate the sacrifice of Christ that actually saves you? How strong is your faith? You have uh, that weak Christian literally has more confidence in their in the power of their sin I, I was, oh my than they do in the power, in the of, power Christ. of Christ's sacrifice, death, burial, and resurrection. I was just about to say that. that literally, I was like thinking about that, like knowing that over my head. Like our sin is greater. That's what than, people than the blood of Christ than Christ. Which is why That's Paul a says crazy concept though. It is that. I mean, dude, think about that. If what yeah. we did, if our actions, and we're, we are, you know, we are not perfect people. Like, nope. if that cancels out, or if that, you know, makes Jesus any less of what he's done. Yeah. I, don't, I just, that's a weird concept, too. It is. But it's a false belief that people in the church for so long have believed. And I hope that we're moving away from that as we continue to preach grace. But there's a group of people that still believe that. Sure. And it's sad, man. It is very sad. The fact it's is... It's really sad. But I think today, the level of even... You can't preach that to unsafe people. <laughs> you can't. You could not preach 1950s Christianity to an unsafe population right now. There are too many people that think... And educated or not, you know what I'm saying? They use their brains. Yeah, they use their brains. They can smell bullshit a mile away. Yeah. You really got to come with authentic Christianity at this point. Sure. And Christianity that makes Jesus, like, smart. You know what I'm saying? And a whole list of do's and don'ts just don't work for people. No. For today's culture. I'm talking about people our age. You know what I'm saying? I would argue it's never worked. But it has worked on people before. You know? On gullible people. Yeah. On weak-minded people. Yes, I can understand that. Or um, people that live in, in, I guess, live under that controlling mindset. Yeah. Or that are attracted to that or kind of just fold right in. But yeah. somebody that has, a, that has a brain that, you know, can challenge things, you're not going to believe that stuff. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. It is very interesting. Like, we couldn't bring to our friends right now, people that we had over on Friday night, and say, I really want you to be a Christian, you, you know, and then get them all excited about the works of Jesus, and then say, but you can't do that, and you can't do this, I wouldn't do this, because then I'll see the weak Christian. Like, they've been looking at us like, get the fuck out of here, like, you, I'm lost. Deuces. And I think that's a, I don't know. Don't get me started on us needing to open up our, not, you know, opening up our friend gaps to people of color. And we even just opened them up and had started having a relationship with people that were different than us in church. People might actually already know that, you know. Sure. That you can't talk to, you can't bring that old religious mindset to young people. Yeah. But you know, today's culture that actually are challenging things. Sure. Because there's a group of kids that out there that are, oh, sure, whatever you say, I'll do, you know. 
that are in that cult-like mindset that don't challenge stuff. Right. But people today that, mm-mm, mm-mm. You should probably edit that out because I, I don't know what I was even saying there. But. Sure, I'll edit it out. So. I was going, uh, I was about to go to like left field, so. A lot of people just don't teach this kind of Christianity because they don't think that people will um, will be mature enough to handle it. Really? Yeah. It, it would be confusing. You have a. They don't want grace to become slippery, so that God. you know slippery grace, time. so what that was the, people. What was it? What? Slippy, slappy. What was it? I don't know. Slippery, slappy grace, or whatever. Slippy. No, what wishy-washy. Was I to say? It was wishy-washy grace. That's what it was. Yeah. But, you know, to, to use grace in such a way that it's a license to sin is the point. Right. Um, and, See, but the but, thing is, is that they focus so much on sin mm -hmm. that they lose sight of the power of grace mm -hmm. and the power of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. And therefore... Your one sin is strong enough to nullify the sacrifice of Christ. And that's unfortunate. Or just this, even the simple fact that preach grace, but if you're not preaching the fact that as a Christian, what you're really doing, your sin is really doing what? And having a strong relationship with Christ means that when you do something that doesn't please God, you are breaking his heart. And that whole concept of true relationship, you know, mm. I don't, you're my husband. Mm. I don't intend to hurt you. Mm. It's never my intention. My intention is to love, support, respect, whatever, mm. you know. If we taught that kind of concept to actual Christians, it says, hey, you're in relationship with the Father. Mm. Your actions just kind of make him sad and really sad. But it's not sad because you know, some other idea. It's sad because he's sad for you when you make those. Because mm. you're not doing things that are right. You're not being kind to others. You're disrespecting, you know, your husband, your spouse, your, your whoever. Mm. You know, and those things make him sad for you. Mm. Because they don't benefit you in the short term or the long term. Mm. You know? And it's really about your... He's always has our best interests at heart. You know? And our long-term growth and restoration at heart. So you make him sad when mm. you take that step back. And if we had a truer understanding of, you know, the love that he has for us and the compassion that he has for us and the willingness, you know, to see us succeed in life, you know. And I think the other part of that that you're, that you're getting to is the fact that what needs to be taught is that you don't lose your relationship with him yes. because of those things. So... You and I are in a covenant relationship. We're married. I hurt you. You hurt me. Yeah. You know, whatever. The marriage doesn't end because mm -hmm. we get hurt. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I don't have to do anything. Yeah, I come up to no... you and say, hey, babe, I know I hurt you. I'm yeah, so sorry. Not... It's not, I don't have to shower you with gifts or makeup. Right. There's know, no animal sacrifices. <laughs> There's no animal sacrifices because you hurt my feelings. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? There's no, you know, there's penance no... Penance that's due. Yeah, there's no penance that's due. It's just, okay, we move forward, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and, and people don't realize that because they don't see Christianity as a relationship with God. They see it as a system of rule. Yeah. And 
therefore you get this whole conversation of I don't want to be a stumbling block right because I don't want to be seen as not following the rules because their relationship with God is based upon them following the rules not being in relationship and therefore a weaker Christian that sees you not following the rules maybe they might think it's okay for them not to follow the rules and therefore you have a whole bunch of Christians that are not following the rules and God forbid we have that mm -hmm. right right but then we wouldn't be able to control people then we wouldn't be able to control people <laughs> and it all boils down to that because the fact is is that if I can catch you stumbling then I can hold it over you yeah. and I can position myself as, as a helper leader. and leader to help you not stumble that way and then what do I get out of it I get respect I get honor I get a pat on the back, I get to dominate yeah. and be in charge and be looked at as your, you know, shining example. Well, and I think, you know, I think a lot of that, I think it's so subconscious for people that they do that, mm -hmm. like the people I just mouthed to. Um, I really, I don't think those are their intentions. I think they set up environments that way without even knowing it. There's no doubt about it. They That's set the up, sad part. You're absolutely right. They surround themselves with people that will perpetuate that praise of them yeah. for doing such a good job and being so holy, holy right? Uh, but yeah. like Paul was saying in Romans 14, do you have faith? Have it before yeah. God. Because that's what matters. Not having faith before men. Having faith before God. So... I'm yeah. going to throw a wrench in there now. We were talking about, what, Christian to Christian? Same level? No, we weren't. Okay. Then what? what is that idea of when you're a leader, you have to do these things? And you have to... Well, that's exactly what we were saying. It's it's. So viewed... it's not about... Can you... If we can... Can we do the... Yeah. You know, the, the, when you do yeah. this, you got to be up here and you look down, you know? It, 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 the fact is is that it's all about pride the very thing that caused man to fall in the first place hmm. that's all it's about it's pride so whether it's, it's parishioner to parishioner it doesn't or matter leader to parishioner none of that matters or yeah none of that matters I, I thought so. it doesn't matter I don't care what your position is in the church mm -hmm. what your title is in the church it doesn't matter yeah when you stand before God you don't get bonus points because of your title mm -hmm. right it's only man to man when there's a power struggle and an ego struggle that causes titles and positions to matter. That's it. It's the only reason why. It's all just pride. So then what is the whole idea of as leaders you're held accountable for the people that serve you? Well, first of all, you and shouldn't that, have people that... Because I can see where people say... People say, I'm a leader, and so I'm held to a, we've heard it a thousand times. A higher standard. A higher standard. Yeah. Because people that look up to me, blah, blah, which sounds disgusting. I hate even repeating that. Sure. People look up to me, and they see us, and I'm like, you ain't that cool. Like, you really aren't that sweet. <laughs> so That's if, the sad part. If someone, that, going. if someone that is following you stumbles, <clears throat> are you responsible as the leader? No, you're not. Well, if you if you really are responsible and you're not doing your job very well, 
If you, I mean, in that mindset, right? Sure, you're failing at your job you're as a leader. You're failing at your job as a leader. Because they someone don't. else failed. Yeah. Yeah, that's to me, that's stupid. Exactly. That's just like saying then that God fails because you sin. Yeah. Is God a failure? Right. Because you suck at life? Right. So how, if God doesn't take responsibility for your failings, why would you feel that you'll be held accountable for someone else's failings? Like, why believe something like that? That's how dumb that concept mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. It's all hogwash, and it's all a false burden birthed out of a prideful man that yeah. teaches that shit across the board that we're the leaders we need to, we need to be held accountable to to a higher standard people are watching us da 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 da, da. that's why they're not teaching personal responsibility because they Got teach it. the same shit to the people mm -hmm. without even saying it they're mm -hmm. saying yeah. i'm your leader and i'm accountable for you that's what they're saying and so what do people do they put their dependence and their confidence yes. in that man instead of in god or them woman, or whatever. And so that if they fall, or if they make a mistake, they're now, the one that's following, is no longer secure because someone that they deem to be higher than them uh, has made a mistake. And it's nothing more than, than weakness on or the part of that Christian. The fact that you put yourself as a leader, and I'm not saying, you know, there's anything wrong with leaders, but that whole idea of, I take, you know, I'm accountable to God on behalf of you. So when that person does stumble, they come to them, and there's that sense of control, almost. It could be control and manipulation, I feel like. It is. Um, to it say, is. oh, we'll work through this brother and continuing to be that, you know, I'm above you and that right. whole animal kingdom idea, ideology, yes. you know, and it perpetuates that, which mm -hmm. perpetuates an environment of control and manipulation. Mm -hmm. And I can get you to do what you want because I have, I know your, per, I know your backside or I know your personal story, Yeah. you know, and now I know I when you mess up you. and now I got dirt on you. And mm -hmm. again, I don't think it's something that is consciously done sometimes, but again, when you are, I think what you said, when you're rooted in pride, it naturally brings about that mm -hmm. that environment and mm -hmm. that cycle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's unfortunate because the fact is is that if you're a leader, then your goal should be that the people that follow you surpass you. Yes. Yes. You know, in maturity and experience and mm -hmm. knowledge, um, on and on and on then if that never happens and no one ever goes past you, then you just always stay in a position of power. You don't share authority and therefore people don't grow. Which is concerning. Which is concerning. So if everyone remains stagnant, sheep, mm -hmm. yeah, you can stay the shepherd. And that feels really good to be the shepherd because you can see and they can't. Um, and it's a humongous ego stroke 
to be able to say that, you know. Uh, hey, I'm the leader. These people follow me, you know. But in the end, it's all hogwash. Mm -hmm. It eliminates personal responsibility. It perpetuates a stroking of ego that is unnecessary, except that it's the only thing that causes you to feel secure. So your pride as a leader that keeps people under your command is nothing more than an insecurity that you have. Mm -hmm. Because it's the only way you can get your rocks off. <laughs> you know? And it's it's all about your own personal insecurity. That's the only way you got more issues than insecurity. I'll tell you that. So but yeah, good conversation. And so uh, I guess let's wrap it up. Cool. All right. Yeah, it's been me with the wife. Um, and uh, yeah, it was awesome. I'm gonna maybe try to put this out on a midweek or something like that. You Just a quick one. one. Part though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. And thirty seconds before that, I was like rambling and doing the same. Sure. I think I get like Mike. Anxiety. Yeah. <clears throat> Mike anxiety. Because it just, it's not like when we're talking upstairs. Yeah. Like this is like really. We're talking downstairs. <laughs> yes, but I don't, I also don't have a mic in my face upstairs. I have a mic in my face right here. I feel like I'm going to say something smart or intelligent. No, you don't. I should. No. <laughs> we're just having, I hope. We're just having a conversation. Yeah. All right, folks, it's been real. It's our baby,